today we're talking brewskis, suds, mellow yellow, uh, the fermented bread water known as beer, and a debate that has raged since the dawn of time. Today we're talking beer commercials on Ad Wizards. All right, hey, welcome to Ad Wizards. I'm Land here with your host, your co-host. Oh fuck, God, I'm bad at this. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Aviva, and I'm sitting here with Land, Land Smith. With me, Land. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Well, it's about enough out of us. I'd love to bring up our guest for um for the day. Uh, <laughs> we uh, love him very much. We know this gentleman from. Bay Area comedy. He uh, hosts the California King podcast, and he also hosts the wildly successful live comedy show Cheaper Than Therapy, which should be back um, mid-June if you guys live in the Bay Area. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Scott Simpson. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Hopefully, it'll. Uh, hopefully, the show will will come back in mid-June, COVID permitting. So nice to be here and to hear your your. Whatever the second person plural form of you voices is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So great to see you, Scotty. Scotty too hottie. Thank you for, for having me. I really like you guys, and I, I enjoy this podcast a lot. I think that you've- You listen to the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't grill him on it. Just let him- I, it's just a formality. Okay, okay. I don't right. know. I don't know what the. I, I don't know if I've ever heard the origin story of the podcast that that if you guys have ever told it, like in the first episode. I don't think I've listened to that. Um, but I also share a love of of ads and uh, the power of especially kind of dumb ads to burrow into our brains and and just the like what is it how, how it's just amazing to me like what works in this world so i lo- i love this sh- thing i love what you guys are doing yeah totally we we realize that everybody has ads that are near and dear uh, to mm-hmm. their hearts be it like a local commercial from where you grew up or just just a really usually like a very annoying ad that's just stuck in your head that you can't get rid of definitely and uh yeah we started doing it. Me and Land just kind of naturally decided on talking about commercials together because, yeah, we love just like local California media. And yeah, it's something there aren't many things me and Land like to talk about at length <laughs> because we're very quiet people. <laughs> well, why do we have a podcast then? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question. I ask myself that every episode. Um but yeah, this is something that we oddly feel pretty passionate about. We love commercials. <laughs> and have both kind of worked in advertising. Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love this. I love what we're going to talk about today. You did a little bit of an introduction on it, but you're speaking of things that that sit in your brain from a young age. This to me is is one of them. Yeah, let's get right into that. I'm I'm very curious as to why you chose the Miller Lite campaign uh, tastes great, less filling. Do you, would you like me to answer that 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 statement? Yep. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right at right after this break. 
Now, we don't actually have ads on the show. Okay, good. So, yeah, please, uh, what, what is the significance of Taste Great, Less Filling? This campaign is exactly as old as I am. It was born in 1974, like me and Saturday Night Live and a lot of other kind of crappy American things. And I grew up with this in my head everywhere. The slogan, the, the Taste Great, Less Filling slogan was so pervasive and popular and the commercials that played were so ubiquitous that it just lived everywhere for me. And my dad was, I mean, so Miller Lite in the 70s had to launch, uh, they, they wanted to launch a light beer, but they wanted to target men and men traditionally, they thought, wouldn't go for something that was seen as feminine, like a light or low calorie option. It's the same reason why mm -hmm. Coke Zero is sold in black cans now because they're targeting this imaginary masculine audience of people who wouldn't otherwise be interested in a low-calorie thing. So Miller Lite, to get uh, men interested in, in this beer, recruited a bunch of... <laughs> my, my favorite kind of people in the world, retired professional male athletes in the 70s. <laughs> who were all in these commercials. If you go and look at these commercials, they're all like 35, but they look like they're 55 because everyone lived so hard and ate so poorly and smoked so many cigarettes. They, they recruited the, literally the most male thing in the universe. Like a, a retired professional athlete in the 70s is the most male. Like even, a, even an active Athlete has like some sort of, I would maybe say like a feminine grace about them because they're still, they're still moving on the field, but a retired, their knees are gone. Their liver's half gone. Like there's nothing like, I don't know what's more male than the folks that they require. Like a bucket of hammers would be like, if a bucket of hammers <laughs> could talk, they would have tried to get them to, <laughs> to do the, the Miller light campaign. And so this um, this came out and it became incredibly popular and very long way of answering your question. The reason why really I I wanted to talk about this was because I remember as a kid in in Baltimore, my dad would take me to Orioles games in in the early '80s, and spontaneously, with no uh, encouragement from staff or other PA announcers, the crowd would divide themselves in half and start yelling at each other across the field, tastes great, less filling. <laughs> wow. <laughs> for, for no reason other than they were drunk and bored and it was the early 80s, people had nothing else to do or be excited about than, than this, like that was just everywhere. Wow. A, rival, a rivalry entirely fabricated by an ad agency. <laughs> but people are, people are just... <laughs> It's for the same product, but yeah, that's that's pretty brilliant, actually. It's people like to have an argument, and what if the argument was uh, to to buy the same the beer? Oh, you for think both sides? you think this created? I guess that this I guess that these games have created a real argument. I mean, I'd like to meet someone who thinks that it's both great tasting <laughs> and it's less filling. I know. Is there anybody that can't decide? <laughs> They're like, no, I can't, I can't pick one. I got to get over to section 310. I'm a less filling guy and I'm on the taste great side. I didn't know when I bought the tickets I was going to be on the taste great side. 
<laughs> I think that was the, the beauty of the the beauty of this fabricated argument. First of all, they're both lies, right? It it neither <laughs> right. tastes great nor is less filling, nor yeah. is less filling even a meaningful phrase. Like that's like a three <laughs> layer parfait of fabrication, right? Like nobody's nobody's like, what drink am I gonna drink tonight? I don't want it to be filling. Like no one. Mm-hmm. I mean, gravy. That's the only filling drink I can think of. <laughs> but yeah, beer. Beer is a very filling drink. I was. I've never really thought of it until today. Um, if a beer was able to fill my belly less, <laughs> would that be something that provokes me to buy it? I'm not sure. It's kind of like part of the beer experience. It's like a. It's a heavy, uh, bready, fizzy liquid. Sure. I mean, I would, you know, in the spirit of arguing, which is what this commercial inspires, um, I've, you know, had a large meal and then I've had a beer and then that's just set mm. me over the edge. And I'm like, wow, I'm I'm very full of both food and liquid. Yeah, that's true. That is just a good point. I mean, when you're when you are full and you have like a I suppose like the opposite of, of what Miller Lite's saying is like a Guinness would be a that would be like yes. a filling that's what they're saying they're they're not yeah right. and that's that's more of a flat beer i guess if you really want to have a non-filling beer you could just have a non-carbonated beer yeah mm. and they're not going to say low calorie because that's for weak that's for women <laughs> that's right yes that's right you can't mention that i think it, that i i love the the absolute cultural vacuum of 1978 to 1983 it was neither the 70s nor the 80s. Nobody nobody was a hero. Nobody was there was just nothing. It was a nothing time. <laughs> there were like the like the to me like when I think back on that time like the 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 objects to me of that time are like buying a stereo from from that you read about in Playboy magazine or you know, <laughs> like tractor trailers yeah. are in every single movie for some reason. Like everybody's wearing short sleeve dress shirts everybody's sunburned like it's the most like george w bush is in the prime of his life like crashing his car in a ditch and then waking up and driving home and his wife says nothing like this is just this weird vacuous party time and and that to me is just such a it's such a baby boomers are just they're adults now they're like our age but but way less healthy every baby boomer every baby every every person in in 1979 knew already knew one person who had died of a heart attack and one person who was jogging and that was it like (laughs) you knew exactly as many people who were jogging as who had had a heart attack and so you know they were starting to get a little health conscious and so obviously miller light was trying to capitalize on that should we watch one of the commercials yeah let's Let's watch one. Okay. Now, Scott, is there any particular uh, taste great less filling commercial that sticks in your memory? Because we we found this one with Rodney Dangerfield. Is that what we're gonna play? Those those are great. Those are great. They're all they all follow the same template. So yes, almost any one is as good as any other. Yeah, he definitely fits the mold you were describing of a uh, older, out of shape gentleman <laughs> yeah. on a baseball field. <laughs> can you ready? hear that? Scott? Yes, I can. Okay. I'm okay. ready. <laughs> We got this game one. Yeah, These guys are all famous perf- yeah. former athletes, right? 
Are they? Yeah. Oh yeah. John okay. Madden, yeah. Billy Martin. Yeah. What can he do? Yeah. Take your word. Hey, I'll keep the change. Here's Rodney. Oh. <laughs> Left. Here I am. Euchre. Yeah. Light beer from Miller. Everything you always wanted in a beer and less. Hey, wait a minute. This game isn't over yet. I caught that. <laughs> <laughs> who's, the, who's the guy that. I, I think that's mad at the very the end. I think that's mad. That's mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. He, he uh, burst out of a uh, a billboard, kind of like a Kool Aid man. I was watching the commercial. Oh, you're telling the listeners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> remember where I saw it. This is an, <laughs> jerk. This Don't is tell an me audio. what I saw. Land. I forget this is an audio medium. I know. No one knows what we just watched. I've I've been trying so hard to just describe what's going on, and Aviva just just called me out for no reason. Okay. I have eyes, Land. You see what happened. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Now, other than Rodney Dangerfield, I have yeah, no idea who these people are. I don't know if there <clears> were. <throat> I don't know enough about the beer advertising in the 70s, but I think there weren't a lot of funny campaigns either. And, mm. you know, this is fundamentally the taste great less filling than creating a controversy around that. That's a f- very funny bit that and very dumb and very funny that you can do and they did for 20 years they just played this this that fake conflict out over and over again um have you guys ever heard of the beer lowenbrow yes yeah i've heard of it okay so they so lowenbrow was the like upmarket lifestyle beer and so they had uh they had a jingle that was really smooth and every commercial featured like like regional manager guys in three-piece vests ordering a low and brow and a steak kind of lifestyle stuff. And this was totally way more fun and goofy than, than other beer campaigns at the time. Oh, interesting. Yeah, when we were, um, I was researching like funny beer ads and most of them are, you know, past 1980. But also, I found many of them uh, not very funny to me. It kind of, uh, <laughs> I'd say, the sense of humor is like male and like lots of like, just kind of like sexist attitudes towards women. And um, and the woman is Lonnie Anderson. Oh, in this in this commercial. Yeah. Oh, is it well, that, really? This, oh, this that's, wasn't. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, I learned that from the description of the YouTube video I, I pulled up. I'm not saying this. This one was not sexist. This was pure fun. I mean, I think it was. I mean, maybe I'm just okay. You're... imagining it is because she's like a bombshell. And mm-hmm. I don't. I guess it's not sexist just to show a hot woman. What was the... I didn't even understand the plot point where a woman comes out. It's tied 15 to 15. And she's like, it's my turn, boys. Or I don't, I don't remember what she said. <laughs> I think that's basically what happened. Um, can I just read the YouTube description? Because they just kind of describe <laughs> everything that just happened in the commercial. Okay, that's helpful. Uh, literally dozens of celebrities play a softball game to, to determine if Miller Lite tastes great or is less filling. So far, accurate. 
team less filling is winning uh, handily until their relief pitcher, Rodney Dangerfield, gives up literally 15 runs in a row. With the game on the line, Lonnie Anderson bats for the Tastes Great team and seems to hit the game-winning home run. So, not sexist at all. The woman wins the game. Okay. However, John Madden from the Less Filling team was stationed behind the wall and caught the ball. I'm not familiar enough with the rules of the game to decipher what the appropriate <laughs> call would be in that situation, but the commercial seems to indicate that the home run didn't count. Rather than continuing to play until a decision is rendered, things are prematurely cut off and the viewer is led to believe that tastes great and less filling are totally equal. <laughs> okay. Really breaks it down. Yeah, they take this commercial very seriously. Well, much like the, the Zoroastrian eternal conflict between darkness and light, <laughs> there can never be a winner between wow. tastes great and less filling. So to, no. to so they had to, you know, they had an almost art house level ambiguous ending to this commercial to preserve the the the, the question mark regarding which which of those sides will prevail in the end. Ab absolutely. That is 100% the subcontext of this commercial unless you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you're looking right at me. <laughs> Wait, can I talk, uh, before we move on, I want to talk a little Rodney Dangerfield. Um, you may speak. <laughs> Rodney appears in this commercial. He hops out of a, a golf cart shaped like a, a baseball, if memory serves. And he says, keep the change. So he tipped the man, which is nice. Classic. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Did he say keep the change? <laughs> he was... says, keep the change. Yeah, he said that. To who? Like, keep what change? The guy who was driving the golf cart oh, okay. tipped him because he's, he's right, a nice person. That's just like Rodney. He'd always be doing something like that. Then he throws a lot of, I guess they're playing softball because it's an underhanded throw. But it, he has a, a super fast windup, cartoonish almost. Went through right through someone's uh, mitt, I believe. <laughs> See, we really got to stretch out these, uh, <laughs> these descriptions of what's happening. That way the, the listener can just sit back and relax. They don't have to load up YouTube or anything. But um, I did, uh, my only preparation for this episode was looking up some Rodney Dangerfield facts, which I'd be happy to share with you right now. Okay. <clears throat> Rodney Dangerfield trivia. Uh, number one, from his wife, he didn't get no respect. <laughs> he... Uh, <laughs> He fell asleep with a cigarette in his hand. His wife lit it. <laughs> okay. Uh, second, second fact. What that was all one fact. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's, two that's my first fact. Okay. Uh, what a childhood he had. Uh, his parents sent him to a child psychologist. The the kid didn't help him at all. <laughs> huh. Are you getting and, this from his Wikipedia uh, page? This is <laughs> Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, it is. It is. And I just have uh, one more one more fact about Ronnie Dangerfield. Uh, he worked at a nightclub, and uh, the boss told him he'd pay him under the table. He waited there for two hours. The boss never showed up. <laughs> okay. Well, besides that, uh, oh, Ronnie Dangerfield, God. He was he was uh, massive. He was massive. He was so popular, and everybody, yeah. God, everybody was so just shiny with sweat in that era, <laughs> that very specific era, and ev nothing fit. 
all their bodies were just so clearly on on, on the on the downside of 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 health. Oh yeah, it looks like the beer was quite filling for those men <laughs> because they were large. One of the things yeah. that um the the commercials often hinted at without saying was that the whole less filling side was really more of an encouragement to get wasted. So they would have mm. a oh, table yeah. full or a bar full of of bottles and they and they'd have to say something like oh this isn't all mine my these aren't all my empties but the the very strong subtext was that you could you could pound uh, a 12 pack of these and uh and get get drunk faster without feeling gross hmm i feel like the opposite would be more appealing where you could just have one beer and get wasted no, no. I mean, I think you want to keep the. Oh, you want to keep it going. You want to keep the the tradition or whatever the uh, the social. Uh, yes. Okay. That aspect of just uh, tipping back cold ones. Uh, a tall frosty glass. A juicy brewski. <laughs> juicy brewski. <laughs> it's crazy to think that 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 back then there were there were like seven beers total. Mm-hmm. And that and you know people drank that and if you were gonna get fancy maybe a Heineken I guess maybe there was like a local one local beer but otherwise it was like Budweiser Miller that was it that's true hmm. I wonder when craft beers became a thing when there was like I wonder what the first craft beer was that'd be a great thing to research before hmm. this <laughs> yeah again not that kind of podcast <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We just learned some good Rodney Dangerfield facts. That was really good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Land's definitely the the research team between the two of us. Uh, another thing I, I learned was he got no respect from the day he was born. Uh, the doctor picked him up and smacked him, and later he found out the nurse got a few in too. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> no, I really, I really, truly love Rodney Dangerfield, and I wish. I want to model my career after him. I was I was trying to be a one-liner comedian. Like what he did was he was an unsuccessful comedian for ten years. Then he uh, he quit. He said uh, nobody knew that he quit because he was so unsuccessful. <laughs> but then he then he got into selling aluminum siding for ten years, and then he uh, he figured out a character, the uh, no respect character. And that was in his forties. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I'm I'm hoping to follow in his footsteps. So I'm starting a. Aluminum siding career. <laughs> Do you know what that is? <laughs> yeah, I know what aluminum siding is. What is it? it <laughs> well, I didn't know it was going to be quizzed, but it is. Uh, it goes on the side of a house. It uh, pr- protects from the weather. It's made out of aluminum. It's not. I don't think it's the most aesthetically pleasing, if you ask me. Okay, and to be clear, I'm. <laughs> acting like a person who's challenging you but i don't know what that is so i'm actually like oh really yeah so you're educating me right yeah now. yeah you've seen this it's on like i've seen it's it. it's on houses yeah. yeah okay we had it when i was a kid you never had to paint it that was the beauty of it hmm. you put it on it was beige for 40 years land you don't have to sell siding you can find something that you're passionate about i mean it has to be a house related accessory a gutter a shingle a front door, um, a mailbox. 
you know, it, mailbox. I'm not saying you, ha- you know, the Rodney Dangerfield model is not about aluminum siding. It's about door to door house related sales. <laughs> so f- I could be a gutter man. Yeah. Yeah. That's the ticket. Yeah. Daddy was a gutter man. <laughs> <laughs> I show up to people's doors. It's just like a, a gutter. <laughs> like, yeah. Like with the, with the big uh, water spout next to it. Uh-oh. Uh, You're holding one of those I'm, I'm and hold, you come to yeah, the door. <laughs> I'm, I'm, hold, I'm holding. I have to have a sample. Yeah. You have a swatch of different gutter, <laughs> gutter types. Well, I think you oh, just have yeah. to find the thing that you're excited about, you know, selling that's a house-related item and then and then hmm. go from there. Yeah. What I'm goes s- on a house? <laughs> Roof? Chimney. Chimney? <laughs> with the, you're, you nailed the pronunciation. Yeah. Would you like a new chimney? My name is Land. Yeah. Your name is what? <laughs> <laughs> that's how you hook a man with the name. I, I heard. Like, uh, uh, it's, it's too much trouble. I heard. What did I hear? I, I I got a good sales technique for you, Land. When you're doing door-to-door sales, you're supposed to look into the middle distance with a kind of excitement in your eyes, as if you've been having a fascinating conversation with yourself. I think for whatever reason that has a psychological impact on the people and they're hmm. also they're they're not they're not immediately fastened by your gaze you're thinking about other stuff looking past them and then they open the door and then you and then you and then you go go into your your deal but i think it's just for your future you know career okay now i'm trying to imagine this is this sort of a charles manson type of no no case, no it's or? like it's like let's let's you know what's something that's very exciting that you can imagine for your life like um you know, let's let's imagine you telling jokes on stage when this whole sad part of your life is over and you don't have to sell mailboxes door to door anymore. Um, you can imagine, you know, yourself on stage telling one-liners about how you don't get any whatever it is, not respect, but love yeah. or <laughs> attention, maybe. Yeah, what do, maybe attention. What do you get? <laughs> Um, regard. No, it's hard even. Let go. It'd just be French. And then they open the door, and you have that kind of excitement in your eye, but it's not fixed on them. So then, then they're engaged. It's a way to engage mm. them. Interesting. Have you mm. ever Have you ever done a, a salesman I'm job? Terrified. I'm terrified. I can't sell <laughs> anything. I'm so bad at it. I think I, I think I have the. Per- I honestly have the personality for sales. Like I could definitely. But I can't ever feel like I'm putting one over on somebody else. Like I hate that. I was terrible at business whenever we had to negotiate something because I just hmm. I felt like we were taking something from someone else, which is just basically a business contract. But I couldn't do it. I was terrible at it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, you have uh, you have morals. <laughs> it's not rewarded in this type of uh, capitalistic society. No, no way. <laughs> Yeah, we uh we add wizards the podcast about commercials. We despise capitalism. <laughs> it's not perfect. No. <laughs> um and we are an ad-free podcast. Just to remind the listeners, you will never hear an ad on on our podcast. We should have ads that describe how we're an ad-free podcast. But they're pre-recorded and they're the same every time. Yeah, let's play one right now. We don't have any ads on this podcast. Now, back to the show. 
Okay. Should we play this other Rodney commercial? Oh, yeah. We have another one. Yeah. It's a Rodney one? It's the alien one. Oh, yeah. I like how Did you, you watch this? I or? like how you whispered on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so that nobody, none of the listeners could hear what you were saying. <laughs> Yeah, let's watch. It. No, that this is this is a good one. This is a good one. They, I mean, they they're okay. clearly they have a budget. Oh yeah, I know. I thought this one was actually funny. I mean, the other one was funny-ish, but I actually like laughed at this one. I know, Scott. Did you say this campaign lasted for twenty years? I think so. I mean, I, from my life, I know that it was um, feverishly popular from from the mid seventies to the mid eighties. Uh, and it was even resurrected in the 2000s with a super sexist, like, uh, chick cat fight in a fountain kind I of saw thing. It. it was like mud wrestling. Not funny. Horror. Really sad, actually, because it took all the fun out of it and just made it about titties. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a period in the 80s and 90s where it was just all about titties. Yeah. And the 2000s. Yeah. And to this sure. day. And to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was kind of interesting that marketers at the time just divided people into like two classes like men and women like Hmm. manly men and they love they love tits and Mm -hmm. but they could have been making so much more money if they targeted all the actual people that exist throughout the spectrum of humanity oh right yeah i i think they were so addicted to the concept of market segmentation because that was Mm -hmm. i think pretty fresh in this in the early 60s and hadn't advanced scientifically that much into the 70s. Hmm. Just the idea that you could get bang for your buck by targeting a segment of of uh, of of purchasers which of course today has become micro laser targeted uh, yeah. so much more narrowly. Wow. Look at Scott Simpson bringing <laughs> actual insight to my bonehead comment. <laughs> God bless you, Scott. All right, let's check out this other Rodney Dangerfield commercial. About aliens. Hey, guys, great barbecue. Yeah, plenty of Miller Lite. Have a can, Rodney. This one's empty. Mighty fine playing, Jim. Wouldn't me. Something tells me we're not alone in the universe. This one starts out, I want to say it's sort of like the Pace Picante uh, New York commercial where mm. um, they're sitting around a campfire. You're familiar with the uh, New York oh. City commercial, right, Scott? You have to you have to um, refresh my memory because you just at the very end of your description, it rang a faint bell, but I, I haven't yeah, thought yeah. about it in forever. So there's this classic Pace Picante commercial where um, these cowboys are eating salsa like cowboys do and mm-hmm. one of them reads i don't i'm paraphrasing you want me to play it no okay <laughs> <laughs> hey cookie more picante sauce yeah. this ain't paste picante sauce what's the difference cookie 
Paste picante sauce is made in San Antonio with fresh vegetables and spices by people who know what picante sauce is supposed to taste like. This stuff's made in New York City? New York City! Get a rope. But one of the one of the cowboys reads on the side that the sauce is made in New York City, and they go, New York City? <laughs> and then they want to murder, they want to string him up. They're like, get a rope, because they're so um, offended by this salsa being made in New York City. I think the beginning of this commercial might be a callback to that. I'm not sure. Mm. Oh, I see. It's uh, it's fun how their their cowboy costumes are indistinguishable from uh, like bearish gay gay wear. Yeah. Today, like with a little <laughs> with like a skinny handkerchief tied around his neck and like the buttons all like far down. Ugh, it's wonderful. And again, I, as a non-sports fan, should I assume that these are all yeah. uh, athletes? They were all, um, as far as I know, I mean, I don't recognize everybody, but I think they're all former athletes, football players, baseball players, yeah. Um, Bob Euchre, okay. who's in a lot of these and was the face of this, he's he himself is, is kind of a... I don't know what you'd call Bob Euchre. He was he was one of those people who became way more famous as a celebrity by virtue of his appearance in commercials, I would say. Hmm. He was one of those people who was famous for being he started as a I guess a what a baseball player maybe. He was a baseball player. Yeah. And and then he was um I think an announcer for the White Sox or something. But he just got he was so popular. Was hmm. he on a sitcom like Coach or something or is he on Mr. Belvedere? I don't know. What I I think he was on something, and if he wasn't, if he wasn't a regular cast member, he was the kind of guy who would cameo on every single show that every single you know different strokesy type show. He would show up. Yeah, yeah. He would show up and do something funny. I love this. Um, I love this alien commercial because aliens. It almost reminds me of now. Aliens have appeared. There's like re like the aliens are here. The UFO is landing. And they still take time out to have a little quarrel about <laughs> whether Miller Lite is better tasting or less filling. Mm-hmm. Like that shows well, how passionate they are. I think sometimes when tensions are high, like things can bubble to the surface. Like maybe that this is just, you know, something that had to happen. And, and the alien uh, invasion is just what, what set it off. Oh, I see what you're um, saying. I see, like in a stressful moment, that's when our true passions yeah. that were submerged might come out. They were, they were trying to, they were trying to keep it civil tonight. Like, let's not get into the taste great, less filling argument again. Well, do you remember like in Independence Day where there's that part where like all of the people from different classes and different backgrounds come together because it's like the world is ending and they all have to try to survive together like vivica fox and yeah sure it's like that (laughs) (laughs) it's terrific and uh to further describe what happens in this commercial alien comes down uh alien spacecraft uh lands out come multiple rodney dangerfields um using a green screen effect i believe (laughs) quite a few (laughs) i mean that was this probably when when did this do we know when this when this aired originally i mean 
It's it says eighties. I could find out. I mean, I can see like a um, one of those evening magazine type shows, like an Entertainment Tonight, talking about how many millions of dollars this commercial cost to make. <laughs> I, well, I mean, there's actual. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I, I I have no evidence of this being the case, but it feels like one of those big budget, big shoots. It was. I think it. Uh... Oddly enough, I know this took three days to shoot. Um, I, don't real, I don't really know why. There's like, I saw a behind the scenes little like uh, featurette oh video. God. You know, it took three days. And then I stopped watching the video. <laughs> yeah. Just rent, rendering all those Rodneys probably took the technology three yeah, days. It probably did. I think that commercial was genuinely funny, and you can tell that they were having fun. They yeah. they liked each other. There are there are several of like I don't know how many they filmed. They, I mean, in the dozens for sure. But there are a lot of them from the early days when it's like two athletes. Like it'll be like Mickey Mantle and Billy Martin talking, and they'll they'll have some little point of conflict about you know Yankees Yankees history. And uh, you'll realize at the end of the commercial that that Billy Martin is just trashed. Like so many <laughs> of so many of the final cuts of these commercials, the the people being the people in front of the camera were just just destroyed, drunk, just so wasted. Oh, you know what that reminds me of? What? The, uh, or there's like an Orson Welles commercial where he oh, yeah. is just like waste. Can we play that, <laughs> yeah. Scott? I, I I love that commercial. Paul Mas- Paul Masson wines. Yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah, oh yeah. So let's, right. let's play it real sure. quick. Let's play it real quick. We're having a YouTube party. Yeah. Here. Why not? And I will say, uh, Bob Euchre was in fact on Mr. Belvedere. I oh should, man, I should oh, not nice. have myself. Nice Never job. doubt yourself again. See, that's what you go to door to door selling land. <laughs> <laughs> Reference. <laughs> <laughs> Telling people who did cameos on TV shows. Do you have any uh, questions me, about the cast <laughs> of uh, moderately successful 80s sitcoms? Sorry to interrupt your dinner. I was only come during dinner dinner time. <laughs> dinner. <laughs> okay, let's watch a little drunk Orson Welles. Why not? No one's called me and apologized for interrupting my dinner in a long time. Yeah, they don't apologize. Well, we anymore. don't. We don't answer our phones anymore. Is the thing. oh, I do. You do actually. <laughs> I do. do you really? Scott, like when you get Scott, a... you... it could it could I... be Hollywood calling. Like, <laughs> you never know. Never Scott, if you see an unrecognized number, do you pick it up? Um, one one in ten times. Just if I want to, yeah. you know, if I'm having a difficult conversation with my wife and I want an out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I, oh, I got to take this. <laughs> I'd say I'm about nine, nine out of ten times. Wow! Maybe. I don't want to. I mean, it, is it you never the hope? Know. Is it the hope? Is it just like the? Well, this could be it. Even though it's almost definitely. I mean, it says spam. You never That's know. It. My phone has given up on filtering spam. It does nothing for me anymore. Oh, okay. And you're right. It it is the hope. It is the hope. Yep. It hasn't worked out yet, but. Every every time I roll the dice and answer it, here's what happens. Silence, because it's some weird automated <laughs> program. Then like some you hear some rustling, like they can't believe somebody's actually picking it up. And they're like, oh. I had a bizarre conversation with someone today. I need to I need to take my number off of this, but I put my phone number on 
the like Google business thing for me and Jessica's comedy show. And somebody called me today and they're like, hi, is this cult comedy, which is the name of our comedy show? And I was like, yes. And they were like, what if I just kind of want to like goof goof around and perform in front of a group of my friends? And I was like, and she's like, do you have like real comedians on your show? And then I just gave her some open mic recommendations. You know what? I overheard that conversation. I was like, who the hell is she talking to on the phone? It's like, yeah, the, there's a great open mic over at the comedy store if you want to I check that out. I did not say the comedy store. <laughs> what did you say? I said the Hollywood Improv. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. That's anyway. a little more friendly than the comedy store. We'll cut this out. I've been, I've been trying. I've been spending a lot of time with a whiteboard and a calculator trying to figure out how to politely be able to extricate ourselves from social impositions like that. It's mm. so hard. I mean, imagine, like, I think of it like, like if somebody walked up to you on the street and offered you a turkey leg and yeah. you're not hungry. <laughs> so everyone knows that if you're not hungry and someone offers you a turkey leg, you can just say, no, thank you. You yes. can't do that with a social imposition, with, with talk like that. You can't say, no, thanks. Like if they yeah. call, like if they called you and was like, hey, how do I become a comedian? You should be, by all human, this should be a United Nations agreed upon convention. You can just say, no thanks, and then hang up. I know. It's interesting they called, they called asking if they could organize an event to perform in front of their friends. I guess it's not crazy. I think. I know not to extend this uh, aside, but I know why this happened. You know it, why it happened. I was I was just on Google Maps oh. and I typed in comedy for Shit. some reason. I was like trying uh-huh. to look for a job in comedy. I just go to Google Maps. But yeah, cult comedy is listed like amongst the ten results. Uh, There's right. like comedy wow. store cult comedy. Because I've gotten a few calls this week. I'm gonna need to take my, my number off. That Isn't that good though? Don't you want to be there? It is good. It is good. I do want to be there. I think I'm just going to have to change it to like a, does Google Voice still exist? I need to set, set something yeah, like that Yeah, just put a different phone number. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way Land looks for jobs. He types in comedy. He types <laughs> in like public speaking. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get out of coding some, but yeah, sometimes one time I typed in like grumpy because I wanted a job where I could be grumpy. It wasn't, it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> It was all. It was all like, please don't be grumpy. It's like that's the opposite uh, of what yeah. I want. Yeah, you can't. You can't get to the. There's too much chaff in that search. You need to get to the rich yeah. vein of grumps only jobs. Yeah, or it was for like a seven, like a Disneyland job as one of the seven dwarves. Oh wow! <laughs> oh okay. right. Oh um, god, that's that's such a smart way to. I mean, I guess pass the time because it's not going to get you a job. <laughs> Hey, that's actually, I'm pretty good at passing the time. Is that <laughs> yeah, a way, look that up. Is that a skill? You should get paid for that. <laughs> sure, that's a skill. <laughs> that's a skill. Yeah. Okay. All right, we still going to watch this? We'll, we'll watch okay. this. We'll, we'll watch a little bit of this. Yeah. Uh, Orson Wells. What was the name of the champagne, Scott? Paul Masson. Paul Masson. Turn camera. Marks. 102, take one. With overlap, action fees. <laughs> Action awesome, please. You just do anything? <laughs> no, it's a, sorry, cut. Yeah, rolling. 102, take two. 
You know, it's actually now that I've pressed by maybe the fifth or sixth time I've ever watched that, and I've never really, because we just watched um, a commercial where adult has to say five words and he yeah. and he's presumably not drunk and he's you know so not of this kind of guy that he has to have a giant card written for him Orson Welles has the lines down yeah <laughs> you know he's got all the words they all come in order it's just that he is he is so drunk he is so sure. drunk yeah, there's nothing you can do about your speech at that point no. to kind of you can't yeah. sober up the way you talk. Like I've seen comedians go through the motions of their set where they know yeah. every word and they know their set completely, but they are like wasted. And he's a veteran of film production. Right. But he seems to not notice when the uh, the clapper, is that what that thing is called? The the thing that starts the the slate. The slate. Yeah. He seems oblivious to that. He just stares at it in the first take. <laughs> but man, is that funny? That's so good. I don't know if it's because I used to. I used to drink. I used to have times in my life where I would be that drunk fairly often. But I, I feel like I'm really good at detecting when people are drunk now. I mean, that's obviously mm-hmm. that's. I mean, that's hilariously. He's hilariously wasted. But some of these Miller Lite ads from from the seventies. I feel like I can tell. There are also, you know, you know what are some other good drunk ads? Uh, have you ever seen the Siskel and Ebert outtakes? Are they drunk? Yeah. Oh, are they drunk? Yeah, yeah. And and I don't even think they. I don't think they. They're famous outtakes because they're contentious, and I don't yes. think that they are billed as being drunk or wasted. But when hmm. you're a former heavy drinker and you know what it looks like. It's or wow. just or just minimally perceptive, maybe. Oh yeah, uh, you can I've, see. I've, I lo- I love the this clip. I've seen it before, but I, I, it never occurred to me that they were drunk. Yeah, at hmm. least Gene. Gene is wasted. I think. I think uh, Roger is is trying to stay. Roger's a dork. First of all, <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Roger is Roger is the the nerdy valedictorian to to Gene's like swingy player. And Gene, and you wouldn't know it by looking at him, but Gene's the cool one. And yeah, uh, he's he's also just so drunk. He goes off on he goes off on the Protestants, which is a great a great eighties oh, yeah. early eighties thing to hate was Protestants. Right. No one's talking about like the sects of Christianity. <laughs> no, anymore. they're not. They're right. not. And it's too bad because that was a that was a fun time. It was a it was a fun time for Catholics to have a laugh. <laughs> But 
this is such a good clip just because you can see the friendship between them it's it's they're they truly love each other in the way that they they roast each other can i play it have you ever seen it no go ahead and play it is that all right, all right? oh of course yeah Scott? please yeah. okay no, no this it's is not don't worry about it i know he was not, wearing a brown sweater this is not the part that's supposed to match slick mm-hmm. give it a moment's thought what are we doing now the promos mm-hmm. you know what they have to match nothing <laughs> no promo ever has to match anything. I thought we were about to do... Welcome to the exciting world of television. A wholly new field for you to begin to learn in. Well spoken, Roger. Well, that's uh, something that you rarely hear. <laughs> Gene Hackman and Kevin Costner in the Pentagon thriller No Way Out. That's this week on Cisco and Ebert. You sounded very jaded. <laughs> and then three one-liners. Ebert's trying to do it. Dennis Quaid in the Big Easy. Why don't we Michael change Kane it? in the Fourth Protocol. So and so and No Way Out. Siskel's trying to stay vertical. Okay. <laughs> Ready? I guess you're going to do it. You have to rewrite it, don't we? Because you can't. Oh no, let's. You can't add uh, Gene. Let. Can we? Can we do for the last week and next week we'll do it. Uh, next year we'll do it next year. No, every week counts. Let him, you read it then. You ad lib it. I'll do nothing. Let him do whatever he wants. This is going to be today's. That's why theme. I think we ought to write it into the. Uh, no, let him do it. Okay. It's Thriller Week on Cisco and Ebert in the movies, and we've got three new ones. Got to have energy up and the movies oh, out. Why don't you read both parts? I'd like to. Get your I know that. Up, please. please get your energy up. It's Thriller Week on Cisco and Ebert in the movies, and we've got three new ones. Dennis Quaid in The Big Easy, Michael Caine in The Fourth Protocol, and Kevin Costner and Gene Hackman in No Way Out. Sound a little excited, Gene. <laughs> Sound less excited, Roger. That's why we're doing it, because of what you did. They are clearly wasted. It's thriller week on. Yeah, I think I think I think my my personal the- thesis is that Gene is wasted and Roger's just mm-hmm. trying to get home. But yeah, what a what an old married the couple they were. Oh God, Michael yeah. Michael Caine in the Fourth Protocol. The and cigarette smell that I can just no I feel like I'm smelling <laughs> cigarettes just watching this. And Ebert, for sure. And the movie. And the asshole. Great. And until next time, the balcony is closed. One of the best. Uh, <laughs> actually, we should just steal that for our for our outro. I love that. All right, done. <laughs> That's that sounds good. Although I do, I I have I was trying to think today if I may waylay you for a a, a moment more. Yeah. Um. I think that I think that the mill. I think that this Miller Lite commercial, this you know, f- manufactured controversy. I think it was kind of templatized and used by other brands later, like f- like made up controversies, like something something, and then something something. But I spent all day trying to think of what products I I feel like they created campaigns like that. Hmm. Do can you think of anything? It's just I feel like it's right on the tip of my tongue, and I. I I, I also wanted, I too wanted to think of something that was like that. I'm like, I'm sure this has done, has been done again, but I couldn't think of anything. I was really excited because I thought you yeah. had something and it's mm-hmm. really, really effective. Well, to, to the listeners, if, if there's anything you can think of, please uh, send it to us. Yeah, um, I'd love to. I'd love to know. Like a candy, maybe like a candy. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's like, it's crunchy. It's sweet. Um, yeah something exactly <laughs> exactly that would be it if that were if that were it that would be it i like the tart side 
I like the sweet side. I mean, people did debate how many licks it took to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. That is actually True. the closest one. Oh, okay. True. Not so dumb after all, am I now? Yeah, that... <laughs> 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 yeah, that Tootsie Tootsie Pop Owl. He was like, he he is as he licks it. He's calling out how many licks he thinks it'll take, but he's constantly contradicting himself. Yeah, that's right. He 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 creates he he reshapes his 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 facts, or he reshapes his statement to shape the fa- to to reflect the the facts. Yeah, his his Tootsie Pop narrative is entirely owl-based. And then he's like, the world will never know. (laughs) I think I tried to figure it out. But then after a while, (laughs) as a kid, you don't want to just like slowly lick a lollipop. Yeah, Yeah, no. Also, you know, tongue only. Tongue only on food is no fun. It's very Like when you're literally just like licking. Yeah. Just exposing the like one surface of your tongue to the same thing over and over again. It's almost... It's almost less pleasurable than nothing at all. It's I'm, it's insane. Absolutely not to live your life that way. <laughs> this this reminds me of a, <laughs> a sad childhood story that I'd like to tell you about. Um, mm. When I was younger, uh, me and my friend Jeff, we had like a, a daycare or like a nanny uh, named Tina, who I guess it, she wasn't legally obligated to feed us, but uh, we would. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so sad. Yeah, that... this was a kennel. Is that? <laughs> It, we, it was a lot like kennel life. Sometimes she actually made us stay outside the house. Um, we had to. We were kind of locked, <laughs> locked outside of the house. But she would give us um, four saltine crackers per day. Uh, you know how, like in the big box of saltines, you get like four of them and you like break them apart. But to make them um, last longer, we would lick the salt off the top of the saltines until you have kind of a mushy cracker. Uh, layer and then we would scrape the mushy cracker layer with our teeth mm. to kind of make it last longer and then um oh my god and then you then you eat the 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 undercracker part and then we watch ducktales when you're allowed inside <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my gosh i know was i abused should i report this <laughs> that well it feels like that story was a very small part of a much larger story. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are correct in that, yes. But wow. we, don't, we don't have time to get into all that. All right, should we watch the next commercial? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> like he said she wasn't legally obligated to feed you. Uh, that was <laughs> I remember that was the story that we got. But we were so hungry. She told you. We were you so that? hungry. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't have to feed us. She told you that she wasn't obligated to feed you. This was the story I was fed instead of um, more crackers. Actually, there was <laughs> there was one day where we just had kind of a revolt, and we like we broke into the cupboard and we just like opened up that saltine box and we just ate as many saltines Good. as we could. It was oh, that was kind of our uh, <clears throat> our like prison break. Um, what's a movie that's about a prison break? Uh, wow. I don't have references. Okay, let's watch this commercial. <laughs> okay, Crazy Bruce, Crazy Bruce. This is Crazy Bruce's Liquors, a local commercial, local to what city, Aviv? You sent me this commercial. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know where it is. I, I found it on YouTube. I love it. Let's check it out. 
crazy Bruce's liquors. We've got the bargains for you. Woo, woo, woo. Crazy Bruce's liquors. Selection and quality too. Woo, woo, woo. Come down and see us. You'll think we're too good to be true. Zinfandel and Cabernet, Red Merlot and Chardonnay, Crazy Bruce's Liquor Store. Woo, woo. <laughs> I think it's Connecticut. Wow. Okay. Um, oh, was it Connecticut? Is that what it said? I just saw West Hartford, but I, I have to oh, okay. look into it. Yeah. Terrific. That's all you got to do if you want to make a, a successful commercial, as far as I'm concerned. Wow. Do a rigid little dance down <laughs> down an aisle of a liquor store. Now I didn't realize this until watching it now, but I think it's the cameraman doing the woo woo. It's, I thought it was Crazy Bruce, but I think it's the the cameraman. And you know, this is a great commercial. That's all I have to say. It's a great commercial, and I th- it's definitely somebody off camera is doing the woo woo woo. Yeah, because they come in over the singer, who is to be fair never named as crazy bruce so crazy bruce mm. could be in the back the back room you know counting monopoly money like it's his job that is right true. This and this just, is yeah you this know could be this crazy. is his, his this is responsible craig <laughs> his brother-in-law who had to step in to do the commercial and you know he put his back into it <laughs> That's absolutely true. It's kind of it's implied to me that that is Crazy Bruce doing the song, but this happened with that battery commercial. Um, what Bill's battery Bill? Battery Bill. Yeah. It, we realized like, is this Battery Bill speaking to us, or is it somebody that Battery Bill hired? We won't know. I think it was his friend who did community theater in uh, in Hawaii, <laughs> which is um, yeah. This guy seems like he might have a community theater background. This definitely wasn't an improvised dance. It was a definitely like a well choreographed dance that he's doing. When you guys sent this to me, I I, I realized you know there there's nothing more there's nothing more regional than liquor because the laws are so different from place to place. Oh, yeah. yeah, you guys grew up in you grew up in California, which I believe has always been it's always been everywhere right like the, it hasn't changed much in the last few decades i grew up in in rural pennsylvania and and the, and to, to even now in pennsylvania you have to go to a government run socialist store to buy your liquor and i think you can buy beer you know at a few places so i never saw i never had the 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 opportunity to see a commercial like this when i was a kid uh, when me and my friends were below drinking age, uh, 18, we would find the occasional shady liquor store where they would not uh, card us, and we, we were able to uh, obtain liquor. There was a spot we called The Stud, because it was next to this very, it was in like Hollywood, this very seedy looking club called The Study, but the Y had burnt out, so it just said <laughs> The Stud, and uh, that's, nice. that's where we got all of our... Um, underage liquor and you know they never asked us i drank a lot of really bad like malt liquor when i was in high school like steel reserve and Mm -hmm. did you have you guys ever drunk like light beers like (laughs) bud light or miller light because i was i was i did two seconds of looking up like what's popular now and hmm. it's insane like the top three beers in in this country by a long wide margin are Bud Light, Coors Light, and Miller Light. Like, by far, Wow, that's what? what 
that's weird that that that's the the volume of of beer that's drunk in this country is huh. that's like some big percentage of the total market is is still those three light beers number four is budweiser but still it's like the top three are light and i mean i'm not a beer snob at all i'm i'm not a drinking any kind of snob like i'll drink anything but those things those are nasty they like don't light. taste good oh yeah no they're gross yeah I mean, we're we're a couple of hoity-toities from Los Angeles, so we like our little <laughs> fancy craft beers. But um, very, very rarely do I order like a Bud Light from a bar. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. Couldn't imagine my my <laughs> word. <laughs> I don't even know how to ask for it. Do you just do you simply say Bud Budweiser lit? Light, or yeah. do I say? But I will say, back when I was a teen, my uh, for, we were drinking forty ounces of malt liquor, bang for the buck. My choice was yep. King Cobra with a, hmm. a frightening looking snake on the uh, on the bottle. <laughs> and uh, that would that would get you where you need to be. If where you need to be is oh, yeah. uh, barfing on uh, somebody, yeah. somebody's lawn. Also, you learn how to drink things that are warm, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because by the end of a 40 ounce bottle of malt liquor, it's just it's just it's the temperature of your palm by that point that is true yeah and also often you would not be in a refrigerator situation so you know absolutely you'd be, not you'd be outside yeah yeah oh yeah you're saying you're not even starting cold <laughs> no <laughs> oh brother I, i've never been that far low <laughs> scott any last words on the campaign on uh on liquor stores on beer on um on land and his uh, what career he should choose? <laughs> My gutter business. <laughs> your burgeoning, your burgeoning uh, exterior household goods business. I'm excited to get that knock on the door during dinner time. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's gonna sorry be. To, sorry to interrupt your dinner. Uh, would you like to buy a gutter? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That that can't. I mean, I mean, it might be a volume type situation where it's like, okay, this only works 0.1 percent of the time, but if you knock on enough doors, you can get gutters sold. You just <laughs> have to keep at it, figure it out. Yeah, that's no. I I I would love to know. Just to reiterate the request from earlier, I I'd, I'd love. I wish we had come up with that. Those other products that have been sold in this way via the the fake controversy but if but i'd love to know if anybody thinks of one it's it's in the listeners hands now if you're out there you're listening listeners get on it <laughs> and if we think of any we'll post it to our instagram i'll probably i'll probably <laughs> think of it five minutes after this call ends but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. scott any final plugs no i just uh, i'm excited for our for all of us to to do comedy again soon i think we'll be able to start uh to open up our show cheaper than therapy in san francisco in mid-june that sounds like where uh they're landing in terms of the rules and as soon as we can go we're gonna we're gonna start up again so check a, a, out our website if you're in the neighborhood cttcomedy.com Check that out and check out Scott on the California King podcast. That's at californiaking.org. <laughs> um, thank you uh, all for listening to the Ad Wizards podcast. If you want to watch the commercials we talked about, you can look for those links in the description of this episode, or you can go to our Instagram, which is at adwizardspod. Dot Instagram. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you for that 
that assist land. Um, dot org. Scott, it's been so great to talk to you. We we love you so much. Yeah, Scott, truly great, great to talk to you. Great to see you. Thank you guys for having me. This was really enjoyable. It was great to to talk to you. We hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah. All right. Me too. Until next time. <laughs> Bye, everybody. What were you going to say at the end? N- nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but we. Can... No, I thought you. Yeah, thought. What, what did you steal? You, you're going to steal a tagline. The balcony. Oh, and until next time, the balcony is closed. We can cut that in. It'll be really, really smooth. All right. Bye. <laughs> really smooth. <laughs> <laughs>